Hello, and thank you for listening to this audio segment of my book, Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. It's my privilege to share this story with you in weekly podcasts. Chronicles of War is a work of historical fiction set primarily at the Battle of Arkansas Post on January 10th and 11th of 1863. That means that we're just a few days shy of the 148th anniversary of that battle. Hope that you enjoy the story. If you do, please tell others about it. And now, here's episode 19, Chronicles of War. waiting for you at home, Job. Colonel James Alexander Williamson called out as Job walked past. I have a wife and four children. Job stopped in his tracks. The hard tack he was after could certainly wait. He thought to respond in kind. How about you, Colonel? As if he hadn't heard Job's inquiry, Williamson continued, So tell me about your family. He slapped the trunk next to him as if to invite Job to take a seat. Job accepted. As he sat, the colonel offered up a sugared pastry of some sort. Got this from the sutler today. Job hadn't tasted sugar in a long time. Hardtack, salted pork, and an occasional potato, a twist of spiced jerky every now and then from William, that had been the sum of his diet. I bought some tobacco and coffee, too, he chuckled. I don't smoke, and I don't like coffee. I just felt like emptying my pocket of tokens, I guess. My family... Job took a bite of the pastry and pondered his response. A smile crossed his face, and he began, Lo, children are an inheritance from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a warrior, so are children of his youth. Happy is the man who hath his quiver full of them. James laughed, Ha! Psalm 127. The two men made eye contact. Yes, and I think it's true. My children are a blessing and a source of strength for me. In one sense, they're the reason that I'm here. And in another, they're the reason I want to get home. Job went on to describe each of his four children, starting with baby Ellen and working his way up in age. When he got to Nancy Ann, he was overcome with emotion. So much had changed in their relationship as she had grown from a little girl into a young woman. All for the good, but still very different. When Job finished, he attempted to reciprocate again. So do you have children, Colonel? Once again, Colonel Williamson sidestepped the question. On which pages of the Holy Writ do you find a description of your wife, Harriet? Allowing for James' avoidance, Job didn't hesitate. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Job believed he saw tears welling up in the Colonel's eyes. That's beautiful, Job. A few minutes of silence followed before Job ventured again. So how about you? Are you married? Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies, was all that James offered, quoting the start of the Proverbs passage Job had spoken. I didn't mean to keep you so long from your errand. Thank you for sharing with me. It appeared to Job that the colonel was politely inviting him to move along. Emboldened, perhaps, by the fact that everyone had seemed intent on anointing him chaplain, Job asked as he stood to leave, How might I pray for you tonight, Colonel? And now Job recalled that conversation with Colonel Williamson. 
It had taken place just hours before Iowa's 4th Infantry took the field at Chickasaw. He had written home about the encounter. A most intriguing man, highly esteemed by the men who serve with him. Their devotion to him is clearly evident. Yet personally, he's a mystery to all of them. I spent nearly an hour in personal conversation with the man, and I know nothing more of him, except that I admire him all the more. Do you suppose there is pain in recalling his home and family, or perhaps that he avoids the subject as a manner of protection or preservation? He knows the holy word. He quotes it as well as a parson. If I were in DeWitt, I'd inquire of him, for certainly he's come from somewhere. And now, here Job stood on the precipice of action, into the teeth of it, that term so unsettling to him was now being applied to Iowa's 26th. Would he carry the images of his dear wife and children with him into battle? Or would he, like Williamson, be wise to try and block them out? What would the next day bring? Afternoon, Mrs. Trites. The man's close-lipped grin became lost in the rolls of his many chins. We have some unfortunate business to discuss. May I come in? John Stearns had always rubbed Harriet the wrong way. A wolf in sheep's clothing, she had dubbed him, for his gregarious show of religion on the Lord's Day, followed by cruel business tactics and incessant gossip the rest of the week. Harriet's nod in Nancy Ann's direction sent her into action, first moving her siblings out of the room for privacy, and then to the task of preparing tea for their guest. The man sat, no doubt, testing the limits of the guest seat. He opened a bank book and flipped a few pages as his smile retreated. With a fat index finger, he pushed his spectacles back up his nose and then tilted his head all the more forward to look over the top of them at Harriet. I hate to bring this to you, you understand, while your husband's away. She doubted that. Any chance this man had to inflict injury or insult was sport to him. He continued, And I especially regret having to discuss this matter with you as your husband is serving the cause. But... Just then Nancy Ann entered, carafe of tea and cups in hand. Mr. Stearns waited to continue as she poured tea, first for their guest, then for her mother, and then a third cup for herself, as she took a seat to join the conversation. Again his fat finger adjusted his glasses, Perhaps this is a matter for you and I to discuss privately, he suggested, uneasy over Nancy Ann's presence. Ignoring his comment, Harriet pressed, What occasions your visit, Mr. Stearns? Yes, to the point. The bank has not received payment for October, November, or December on your loan. I understand the money owed is a part of Job's back pay for the conflict, and I'd normally make concession for that, but... Another but. You know, I, I really detest the timing of this as we're suffering as a community. This time Harriet broke in. But... Mr. Stearns cleared his throat. Frankly, with the death of Horace Dawes, whom your husband had listed as caretaker of the farm while he's away, I'm afraid our risk now is too great. I'm forced to call in your loan.
This concludes episode 19 of Chronicles of War. Thank you again for tuning in. Whether you've subscribed, found the story through iTunes, or downloaded it from my site, however you've arrived, know that I'm honored to have you listening. Please continue to help me get word out. Tell others about this podcast. You can learn more about me, this story, and others of my writings at my website, www.darrenmichaelshaw.com. That's Darren spelled D-A-R-I-N, darrenmichaelshaw.com. Stop by the site and say hello. Until next time, many blessings.